Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Who do you look at around the league as you're studying and say, we're going to have to run through them? Celtics. No one in the West. Nah, I'm fine in the West. (laughs) So that was December when Ja told me that Boston was the team that had his attention. So how does he feel after his Grizzlies fell to the Celtics over the weekend and... Do not look now, but Milwaukee's win streak, it has entered double figures. So have the Bucks reasserted themselves as the clear-cut favorites? Hmm. Plus, Luka and Kyrie, they made their debut as a tandem over the weekend. We have takeaways from that Texas two-step hit in the dance floor. We start right now. Welcome to Welcome NBA to Today, NBA presented, Today. By presented by Levi's. Levi's. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's, alongside Shanae Gumake, Tristan Thompson, Ramona Shelburne, and her pink lipstick. Yeah, I'm Malika okay. Andrews. We're going to start our today's show with a little bit of coast-to-coast from this weekend's action, and we're going to start with the Celtics, who beat the Grizzlies on Sunday. Boston has made 60 five threes in their last Woo. three games. That's the most over a three-game span in franchise history. So, Tristan, is this the best version that we've seen of the Celtics? No, most definitely. And then what I'm really impressed is that the fact that Jalen Brown's out, and guess who's stepping up? Derek White. Derek White had a double-double, 23-10. and 10. He's been rolling, which is great for their team. It was certainly done by committee. Jason Tatum didn't even have the best night against the Grizzlies, in, or afternoon, rather, and it was an impressive showing. So let's stick in the East. Uh, the team right behind the Celtics right now in the standings is the Bucks. They've now won 10 in a row. They beat both the Lakers and the Clippers in Los Angeles. Milwaukee will put their win streak to the test tomorrow against Boston. But, Ramona, are the Bucks right now the team to beat in the East? You know what? They just added Jay Crowder, and that's going to give them so many options. They got that small ball lineup, and now they can go real big with Jay Crowder. It's going to be interesting to see Brooke Lopez going to work there. And then we have the back-to-back reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. He put up yet another triple-double on Saturday against the Hornets. Jokic has five triple-doubles in the last six games he's played. Shanae, what impresses you most about him? That we have a center that is officially averaging a a triple-double for the season. I mean, at this point, everything is a highlight but below the rim, so I feel like that's a multiplier and cool, right? You know what I mean? The Denver Nuggets, they have just been steady all season long. When everyone else is going left, they went right. And last but certainly not least, the Sixers. They beat the new-look Nets. Joel Embiid and Harden combined for 66 points. Philly has now won 11 of 14. But this is what was interesting. Take a listen to James Harden after the game when he Mm -hmm. talked about leaving Brooklyn. There was a lot of dysfunction. Um, that was one of the reasons why, you know, I mean, I chose to make my decision. But now, fast forward today, I don't look like the crazy. Guy. You know, what I mean, I don't look like the guy that, or the quitter, or whatever. You know, what I mean, the media want to call me. Like I knew what was going on, and I just decided to. Hey, I'm not. I'm not built for this. Like I don't want to deal with that. So, so this isn't the first time, right, that James Harden has addressed his departure from Brooklyn. He talked about it at his introductory yep. press conference, yep. and he did say one factor was that the, the big three just wasn't available to play a whole lot of games together. But this felt a little bit more 
disappointed, Ramona. Yeah. What did you make of it? Well, look, now, he, because he was the first to go and he was the first to quote-unquote quit on the team, he, he was not in the place to say that. But I think now he can say more and more about his time there in Brooklyn because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have left as well. But yeah, I think with, with James, like he, the, the narrative around James started because he wanted to be traded from the Houston Rockets to begin all this. Right. And we can't just forget that just because the other two guys also now have asked out and been traded. Yeah, no, I, I noticed when, when we put against James with the Kings that um, – you know, I can see on his face, you know, it's, yeah. it's different when, you know, I've been on teams where, where, where things are, it, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a <laughs> yeah. disgusting mess. And it starts with an S and it ends with a T. But I can't say it on TV. <laughs> but seeing James when, we played, when he played against us, yeah. you could see by his body language, he just wasn't, wasn't yeah. into it. You knew that something was brewing. Don't get me wrong. He was getting a double-double. He, he, he was playing at a high level, but you could just tell by his energy and spirit. And our coach, Rico Hines, said, you know, you good, nephew? And he just looked at him he's like, just rolled his eyes. So yeah. you knew it was going on for a while. And, and then, you know, now everyone's like, okay, James wasn't crazy. Look, I saw that sound and I started laughing. I started laughing. I didn't think too much into it. I thought it was just the point that, like, hey, at one point I was looked to as the villain for going to three teams yeah. in three or less than three seasons. But really, we know that that picture wasn't fully painted. You know, there were so many other things happening, and now that greatest theoretical team doesn't exist. I know I was the first, but I was not the whole, you know, explanation as to why things went wrong. So I saw that clip, and I was like, you know what, it's funny. He's going to say it once. He's not going to say it too loud. And also it helps when your team is only three games back from the Celtics for first. You know, it's, they're having a really strong season. He's evolved his game. He finally has a groove and a rhythm, and it seems like he's more comfortable speaking his piece, um, you know, with regards to this whole situation. Yeah, I don't know. As someone who, who was in Brooklyn every <laughs> single day you were. during that tenure yeah. with the Big Three when I was covering them as a beat reporter, when, when James left, to me, that didn't, and, and I did, I saw it. I'm not saying it didn't exist, yeah. Yeah. but to me, it, it didn't seem like, oh, you made a bad decision. You're the villain. It was so clear, even then, that this yeah. was starting to not work, just based on the availability of those three altogether, whether it was for injuries, for vaccination status, for all of these different things. I don't know that you can blame James for looking around and saying, oh. hey, this isn't what I signed up for. And, and now he's sort of saying that, but Harden and the Sixers, they went 2-0 this weekend, wins over the Nets and the Knicks. But were they the team that won the weekend? Are they who you were looking at, Tristan? No, the team I was looking at was the Cavs. Mm. The fact they were able to beat the Pelicans in New Orleans on a back-to-back, -back, then play against Chicago at home, two playoff teams, and especially with a Chicago team that's very desperate right now. They don't want to be in the play-in, and people are questioning their team. So with the Cavs, they're playing a high level. Evan Mobley looked like Tim Duncan, Chris Bosh. And, 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 you know, the guy I want to give a, a lot of credit to is, is, is Darius Garland. You know, he's keeping this team playing at a high level, keeping the ship running. Like, it's beautiful to watch them play right now. And, you know, I'm a former Cavs, so I'm going As for it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Come on now, put the banner up. So, when, you know, when we talk about the teams at the trade deadline, there was a lot of teams in the news. One team that didn't do much, the Sacramento Kings, Big win over mm. Dallas. Kings didn't do anything because they already have a good team. And De'Aaron Fox, great game, 36 points in that win over love Dallas it. and getting named to be the All-Star team. I love it. Okay, but still the narrative, what we led the show with, was John Morant saying there's only one team that we have our eyes on, and it was the Boston Celtics. So there was a lot of hype yeah. into this matchup. And the Celtics won the weekend, in my opinion, because they've won four games straight. Also, you got to win versus Jaw and the Grizz. You know, with Jason Tatum, I think he was only three for 16 from the field, no Marcus Smart, no Jalen Brown, and they had all but one player in double figures, eight guys in double figures. This team, 
looks like they're ready to really make that next step. They yep. want to be in the finals. They want to win a championship. Their depth is going crazy. So if it came down to one team, I think that had the most eyeballs. It was mm -hmm. the Celtics. Sis, I'm going to back you up. I okay, mean, the Celtics 15-4 and four since January 5th, the best record in the NBA in that span. It's the Celtics. They had just a monster weekend. What about the team, or excuse me, the player for you that was the MVP of the weekend? I have to go maybe with Joel Embiid. Okay. Just because anytime he plays against a New York team, whether it's the Knicks or the Nets, he goes crazy. He had 35-point uh, double-doubles in both of those matchups. And it's just, I was just thinking to myself, three years in a row, the MVP race can come down to Joel mm, and yeah. Nikola Jokic. And maybe, you know, Jokic gets all three, but it feels like this guy deserves an MVP based on how he really starts the season. We've started to know it's a little slow because he's trying to get into his body, but later on, he just comes on so strong. So if they are able to continue to win at this pace, I think he will still, you know, rival Jokic the way we've seen the last two years. Yeah, Ramona, you already mentioned De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, who you got? The one I got, and he should have been an all-star. Should be out. Darius Garland. Give some love to the little guy. Mm. Name for Darius. This is a whole new uh, position that he has to take. You know, having Donovan Mitchell means more facilitating and getting guys involved. He took a backseat in terms of scoring, but he name a guard in the NBA that didn't make an All-Star team that had multiple 40-point games and a 50-ball. Oh, when his true. team needs it, he comes and comes and shows and performs. And his turnovers late game have been much better this season. Mm. And guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on this right now. If they play the way they're playing right now. Cavaliers Eastern Conference finalists. Finalists. All right, so they're headed to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. That Let's long go. of a JB, limb. Bickerstaff, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, like, I like what Joel Embiid's doing. I like what the Cavaliers are doing. The Kings, it yeah. was impressive. Have we become so numb to greatness that we cannot give the Milwaukee Bucks their flowers? <laughs> yeah. They are on a 10-game winning streak. And in that time, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's averaging 37 points per game, the second most in that span in the entire NBA. Are we really so? numb to the amazing. This, this man didn't even need to play over the weekend for me to say he was the weekend winner. What he did on Friday was enough for me. That's so, fair. Giannis, I keep doing you, man. Well, like, well Giannis, you're welcome. That's how LeBron feels, okay? So, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. <laughs> They'll be an Eastern Conference finalist as well. Let's get to a developing story. Pelicans Executive Vice President David Griffin said over the weekend that Zion Williamson re-aggravated his hamstring injury. He could miss several weeks here after the All-Star break. Now, the Pelicans, they've dropped off significantly since Zion's injury in early January. They've won just six of their last 20 games. They're scoring six fewer points without him in the lineup and the Pelicans they're currently seventh in the West so for more we welcome in senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj what more can you tell us about Zion and his status? Yeah just that Malika that the timeline for his return is very open-ended. Uh, I think after the all-star break when he's reevaluated again they'll have a better view of just exactly how long it might be but listen these hamstring injuries uh, are tricky. I think when you're you're doing the ramp up on your way back, I think there's always a level of of caution of not pushing too hard because you could have a setback. And I think you saw that with Devin Booker this season. Came back, played a few minutes on Christmas Day, and then was out again. And so Zion Williamson, listen, he had a first 29 games of the season uh, that was All Star worthy. He was voted a starter, 60% uh, from the floor, and of course. Uh, 26 points a game, and the, and the Pelicans were winning. They were 17 and, 17 and 12 with them, uh, but they have to be prepared now uh, that they're going to go another significant period here 
without him in the lineup. You know, they're seventh in the West. They've hung in there. They're around 500. And certainly the hope is that they will get him back uh, at some point before the postseason. Woj, thank you. We will see you a little bit later in the show. Just a bit of a bummer here for Pelicans fans because when I was speaking to Zion before the season, he was so excited. He felt like he was finally healthy and ready to go. But Mark Spears, our senior writer from Anscape, you were in New Orleans a couple of days ago. You sat down with C.J. McCollum for a diary. What does he make of this entire situation? Oh, definitely very unfortunate. We talked about the standings and how this team has fallen and fallen and fallen. And CJ had some outside hopes of trying to make the All-Star game, but he knew that once they had that 10-game losing streak, he was done. Uh, he, he says that Zion's been through worse, and at least they're hopeful that he could get back this season. But CJ has his own problems, too. He has a right thumb injury that he, he's wearing a little brace. And he was expected, actually, to be in the three-point competition, but had to get out of it because he wants to give his thumb some rest. And it is a thumb that potentially could require some surgery in the offseason. But CJ is holding out hope that, you know, he's going to be fine. Uh, He exchanged injury notes, actually, with Sabonis from the Kings, who has his own thumb injury as well. So they've been out with Brandon Ingram. They've been out with Zion, who knows when he gets back. And... You know, CJ is really looking forward to this all-star break, too, because he's ailing. Yeah, certainly the injuries are starting to pile up for the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that came into the season with just so much promise. Hopefully they still have a little bit of time to get back on track. Mark, do not go too far. You'll be back with us a little later in the show, still to come on NBA Today. I mean, did we just become best friends? Uh, Yeah, the new duo that has Mavs fans grinning from ear to ear. Takeaways from that tandem's debut. Plus, Phoenix. It was the epicenter of the sports world this past weekend, and not just because of Rihanna. It's because KD is playing a part in that. Ramona Shelburne on the timeline that brought Durant to the desert. And with the slam dunk contest going down this weekend, we have a very special upper room, baby. The best dunk contest throwdowns ever. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by Levi's. Celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. Kyrie Irving and Luka played together for the first time on Saturday, combining for 51 points in the Mavs' overtime loss to the Kings. Here is the all-star duo after the game. Let's just get this party started. You know, let's just get this thing going. Let's, you know, let's hoop. 
be a promising situation. A pull up. Yes, sir. Barnes guarding Luka. And a three right in his face. Oh, put back dunk. Boom shot to Luka. It's going to be entertaining. This stretch run of these last 24 games is must-see TV. Too much money to count. What's the amount? Ten of a bounce. I got a pen to add it up. Then pay somebody to make sure whatever amount he said. Then bag it up. Got racks on racks. I'm backing up. Stacking up. You reaching or acting up. Break it down. Weigh it up. Not back it up. Man, I was just excited to play with him. Like I say, you know, he's an amazing basketball player. When you can have somebody uplift you, it goes a long way. We now welcome in Tim McMahon live from Dallas ahead of Kyrie Irving's home debut with the Mavs. Tim, what is the relationship like between Luka and Kyrie now that they have a game under their belt here? Well, obviously in its early stages, but I can tell you, Malika, I've never seen Luka Doncic smile so much after a loss than he did Saturday night in Sacramento. All he could talk about is how fun it is to play with Kyrie Irving. He said it was so fun three times, really fun three times. Look, Luka wanted this trade. He recognized he needed a, a co-superstar to have any real chance of competing for a championship. He is happy to have Kyrie Irving, and they'll figure out the dynamic as far as sharing the ball and those kind of things, but they both have a lot of respect for each other's talents, and uh, it enjoyed the first taste despite it coming in a loss, and really are, are optimistic and excited about what's to come. But the first taste, it was on the road, so now they get to serve up the main course at home. What's Kyrie Irving's mindset heading into this game in the American Airlines Center? He, he said Mavericks fans have never seen anything like him, and, and he's probably right about that. Uh, you know, he's feeling embraced by the organization, you know, expects that to kind of extend to the fan base. And look, it's no secret that things went haywire with Kyrie early and often in Brooklyn. He was ready to get out of there. That's been made very clear. And he's refreshed now. It's, it, it, you know, it's a whole new atmosphere. And again, these Mavericks fans, they knew how much this franchise needed another superstar. This is something that they've been waiting for for a long time. I think there's some nervousness about, hey, how long is this going to last? But they are absolutely excited to see Kyrie Irving next to Luka Doncic. And, you know, obviously they expect the Mavericks to be lighting up the scoreboard and playing a really fun style of basketball. You have to imagine the first reaction from fans tonight, at least, is going to be a positive one. Tim McMahon, thank you so much for stopping by. Enjoy the game. Here's the deal, though. The Mavs, they currently sit in a virtual tie with the Suns, the fourth seed in the West. And Kevin Durant's debut, it's looming. So every game, it's going to be important for Dallas to secure that home court advantage. So Chanae, heading into tonight's game, what's the cheat sheet you got for us? Let's today? have some fun. I love this right here. So first and foremost, we finally got to see Luka and Kyrie hit the floor together. And there is one place on the court that Luka will benefit the most from this trade. Any guesses? It's the low post, baby. A post player loves this. So on Saturday, the Mavs averaged nearly 1.3 points every time Luka Doncic posted up. That would be the highest rate in the league in the post this season. That is crazy. So let's see it by the breakdown. Okay, here we go. So this is a very, very simple play. And mind you, we know they lost. And mind you, you'll see how this ends. But this simple basketball is going to make a huge difference come playoff time. All right, on this play, Luka brings the ball up. They're going to get into a pick and roll. Let me slow things down. All right, so they're trying to get Luka to the low post on Red Velvet, Malika's favorite player. And so here it comes. Kyrie, he reframes the ball. They play a little give-and-go action. But I want you to watch this whole area from around here. Cool. And I said Kyrie, that's Kyrie right here. Just in case you missed him, there's Luka. So as this play progresses, Luka's so good in the low post. You see right here, there's a double team. One, 
two players. And this is the third player that's supposed to be the help defense, right? But his most important thing is to keep an eye on the ball, but most importantly, to not also lose his man. He can't lose Kyrie here. So watch, as the play goes, he loses sight of Kyrie for a split second. Kyrie relocates off of that two-man action. And y'all, with the game being super close, you're giving this guy who has literally won championships from the right wing this type of shot. Now, this is where you play prayer basketball. You just pray they miss. Kyrie missed on this. But they're going to win a lot of games using this type of simple basketball alignment. Luka and Kyrie are going to play two-man. Luka's no longer going to just settle from the outside. He's going to do his damage being like 6'8 in the post. And Kyrie's going to get a lot of buckets just playing feed in, feed out. So Malika, it was a simple play that really made the best happened for them and it went a long way. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheney Agumake. Bringing in Vince Carter. Now, Vince, we just heard from Cheney why this duo could be so lethal over time, but do you think they're the best duo in the NBA? Mm -hmm. I think they will be the best duo, uh, but I also had to show love to that guy, that tandem of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum mm. because I think they're on a mission to get back to the finals. But man, what what like what Shanae said, I, you look at the basketball IQ of both of Luca as well as, as as Kyrie. He just understands how to play the game. And all he did was just relocate getting in uh in Luca's uh vision to to you know to stretch the defense and that, that's what you're gonna see. That's the kind of the same thing you're gonna see with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum as far as just demanding double teams and demanding eyes and making the right play. They've grown up. They had the opportunity to play in the finals. And you're going to see those guys continue to get better. So the two duos that I say keep an eye on, obviously, you know, I just talked about Jason Tatum and, and, and um, uh, Jalen Brown, but Luka and, and, and Kyrie are going to make a lot of noise and going to get a lot of open shots. Yeah, and that's not even to mention the quartet that is now down in Phoenix. Vince Carter, thank you so much. Don't go too far because we're doing a very special edition of the Upper Room today, but still to come on our show, we're talking about some old faces in new places. Which trade deadline acquisitions are already making an impact? We're having that discussion. Who are you next. calling old, sis? Kristen. <laughs> We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Kevin Durant to the Suns, pairing him with Devin Booker, Chris Paul. This is seismic. A lot of people are going to make that team the favorite to win it all. This is going to be such a problem. 
say, I'm just focused on me. This is a sight that may take some getting used to. There he is, the newest member of the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, getting some shots up, working out with assistant coach Jarrett Jack. Today at practice, that's a scary, scary sight. The Suns did officially announce today that Kevin Durant will be out through the All-Star break. We'll get to hear from him at an introductory press conference on Thursday in Phoenix. But Ramona... It's been about four days. Yeah. So now that we've had some time to digest this, you had an incredible story with Brian Windhorst up a TikTok, the timeline of how this trade came together. But now that we've had a little bit of distance from it, what stands out to you the most? So I'll never forget where I was Wednesday night when Wode broke the trade. That yeah. it was it was outside the Mavericks locker room. Kyrie Irving was about to do his press conference, and everybody just went, whoa. Yeah. I can't believe – like, the, the Nets had messaged to the rest of the league that they were not trading Kevin Durant, that they had done the trade for Kyrie Irving to return players to surround Durant with, mm -hmm. okay? So they were putting out that message. We're happy keeping Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a guy that we're trying to build around and try to keep him there. Now, what we learned in reporting this is that Kevin Durant had very quietly had a conversation with Sean Marks and Joseph Tsai, the owner of the, of the Brooklyn Nets, on Monday. He said, you know – Look, it's, there's just a fatigue factor to all of this that everything is, you know, everything everyone's been through. And Kevin said, I, I, I'll, play out, I'll play this out. He'll try to get excited about the players that were there. But they were having a very honest conversation. He said, you know, I'd like to go to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And the only way this was going to work is if it stayed quiet, is if the rest of the league did not know that they were going to, were open to ideas for Kevin Durant. He didn't want a big public spectacle like we saw last June. Yep. And so that stayed incredibly quiet, save for one story that Adrian Wojnarowski wrote on Tuesday. And I, and I don't know if all of us appreciate the, 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 the complexity of the talks then, but Monday afternoon, Joe Sy is at his home in San Diego, finds that, does a FaceTime with Kevin Durant, and learns of this, calls Matt Ishbia, and the, the two owners have a conversation all week long that, that it was just a private negotiation between the two owners all week long. I, the, the fact that a trade of this magnitude, and you know there's all these other teams around the league that, that are going. would have jumped if they yeah. knew that Kevin Durant was available. That is the one that I'm going to remember for a long time because of the sliding doors aspect of this. Yeah. How many other teams would have bid on Kevin Durant if they'd known he was really available? But was he available? And in writing the story, I thought about what was the Nets' leverage here? If he really only wanted to go to one team, what was their leverage? It was the exclusivity. Mm. that they were negotiating with one team that right now, just like in real estate, when a realtor says, I got a pocket listing. If you're interested in this, in this house, you better this make is, a bid right now. Otherwise, it's going want. on the MLS. And this is what we want. Yeah. And that was so interesting in, in your reporting that uh, initially some of the players that we saw being yeah. traded, the Suns did not even want to give up. But that was the Nets leverage. They played in Brooklyn on Tuesday night. The Phoenix wild. Suns. McCall Bridges with an audition on Tuesday night. And at that point, I think the trade was quiet because Phoenix was not ready to meet that asking price yet. So fascinating for anyone who hasn't read your story, I encourage them in the next commercial break to head to ESPN.com because it is truly fantastic. So we're still waiting to see our, the debut of Kevin Durant, but we did have some notable players debut over the weekend. So let's start with the Nets and Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson coming over from the Suns in the KD trade. They both started, and Bridges kept up his excellent play with 23 points on to the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell... Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, they all played significant minutes in Saturday's win against the Warriors. Russell finished with 15 points, led the team with six assists. Pretty impressive from the Los Angeles Lakers. And then another player that was traded was Mike Conley. He moved to the T-Wolves. He played on Friday, had nine points, three assists in 26 minutes. But 
Minnesota did lose to the Grizzlies. And then last, but certainly not least, Mike Muscala. A little under the radar acquisitions here by the Celtics, but he's off to a great start with his new team. He's got six three-pointers through two games with Boston. He's shooting 46% from deep, which is pretty impressive. So back here with Cheney, Tristan, Vince, Mark, we saw some impressive performances from players on their new teams. But Mark, if you were to choose just one that made the biggest impact, who would you say? I'm going with Mikel Bridges. Mm. The, the Suns, they did not want to trade him, and I wonder if they would have offered him in the offseason for Kevin if it could have got done then. Monty, for anybody listening, their head coach, Monty Williams, been raving about this guy, how great he is. And he's also the most durable player in the league. He hasn't missed a game his whole career. Bridges averaged 19 in January. He's 23 so far. Was a good replacement when Book was out offensively. And he's wearing number one. I don't know why, but he's going to be number one with the Nets. Show he's an all-star caliber player. He isn't a backflips, exciting kind of player, but he's going to get the job done in Brooklyn. Hmm. And I'm going to also say Mikael Bridges as well as Cam Johnson as well. And I think I, th- I think a lot of people are saying, oh, the Nets and what's going to happen with this team. But remember, Jock Vaughn gets his guys to play extremely hard, and he has defensive guys. Cam uh, Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, on top of what they already have there, they have guys that defend. And they had seven steals last night. Uh, Bridges and Cam Johnson had five of those seven. So uh, the future gets bright. They don't have a superstar. But I really like what Mikael Bridges and, and what those guys bring to the table. What do you think, Tristan? I'm saying the Lakers. Yes, Lakers fans, you guys fell short, didn't get Kyrie Irving, but it's okay. You got a bunch of four really, really good role players. You got D'Angelo Russell, mind you, who's an all-star with the Nets. You got Rui Hachimura, who's a great insurance policy if Anthony Davis is hurt because you know he's, he's, he's facing a few injuries. Jared Vanderbilt, this is the guy I'm excited about. His energy off the bench, his, his being able to guard one through five, make those plays. It reminds me of myself. When you want to be on a championship team, you got to have guys that do the little things. And Jared Vanderbilt's that guy. And then Mimic Bleak Bleasley, sharp shooter, guard both ends. I think the Lakers, they got younger, mm. great role players, and this is what their team needs. Of course, Kyrie is beautiful, but having these guys is going to help them a lot. Janae, you're beautiful. Oh, thank you. What do you think on this? Oh, I love that segue. So another under-the-radar pick to me is Josh Hart. And Josh Hart was really impressive because when you think about the Nova boys being able to reunite, this might fly under the radar, his stats, typically. But what gets you wins? 11 points, a guy that gets you seven rebounds, four assists, and four steals. He is a guy that fills up the stat sheet. So, Tristan, when we talk about guys that do the little things, this is a Knicks team that literally looks like they're poising to actually make a real playoff run. Not where it's like, oh, you're exceeding expectations. No, everyone's playing better around Brunson, who, you know, they had time with Villanova winning a championship, but then also, you know, Julius Randle as well. So they rounded things out very well in a small way mm. that will actually be really big for them uh, come the long run. I like that. That's kind of how I look at the trade deadline. Who Who is the team that has a championship aspirations that are realistic, that maybe makes a move around the outside that could help push them and their depth over the top. And for me, that was the Boston Celtics and Mike Mescal. I already read off uh, and shared with you his three-point numbers, but I was sitting watching him play. Remember, he was on the Oklahoma City Thunder when uh, OKC played LeBron and LeBron broke the scoring record, and OKC won that game. And I'm sitting between someone from Boston and someone from L.A. And Mike Muscala pulls up from three. And I was like, oh, does he got it like that? And the OKC person goes, oh, yeah, he has. And the Lakers person says, well, he didn't play like that when he was with us. Like, this is a guy who has taken a step forward and could really be able to help this Boston Celtics team. It's been impressive. Hey, that's, that's a lottery right there. Going right? from that to this, like, I have a real chance to win a championship. Like, 
Hello. I I'm pretty impressed. I'm, a, I'm a line I didn't even up. know he was going to get Mike Muscala get highlights like this. Good for you, Mike. Mike Muscala, this is your show. We are brought to you by Mike Muscala. Uh, when we return, uh, teams are not done adding players. We're going to take a look at the buyout market because where, oh, where is Russell Westbrook going to play? We've got the latest on his situation and which teams may be looking to add him to the mix. That's next. starts in the classroom it starts with our young kids and if you start early with education you know and start to understand why you know why certain people are the way they are their traditions where they come from what their family history is like you know I think that's that's ultimately the, the biggest way to create that change and ultimately get to to peace It's time for Putting in Work, presented by Upwork. Jared Allen posted back-to-back 20-10 and 10 games over the weekend for the Cavaliers. They got wins over the Pelicans and the Bulls. Cleveland has yet to lose a game in February and enters tonight's game against the Spurs, riding a six-game winning streak. So take a look at the Eastern standings and how close it is at the top. The Celtics and the Bucks, they're just a game and a half apart in a battle for first, and then the Sixers and the Cavs are right behind. And then, after a weekend of a little bit of uncertainty, Golden State's deal for Gary Payton II, it was completed on Sunday evening. The Warriors, who held up the trade after team doctors raised concerns about Payton's injured abdomen, they are bringing back a key player from last year's championship team. So here's a reminder of the trade. The Pistons, they got James Wiseman from the Warriors. Golden State got Gary Payton back, a couple of second-round picks. And the Hawks, they got Sadiq Bey from Detroit. And then the Blazers got Kevin Knox and five second round picks. You can see the details on your screen there as we welcome back senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, let's peel back the curtain a little bit here. How did we wind up with the Warriors getting this deal done? Ultimately, Malika, the belief that they may be able to get Peyton the second back on the court prior to the postseason. Uh, the fact that they had essentially given up on James Weissman. I think uh, given up certainly on the possibility that their coach was going to play him consistently, trust him uh, to be a rotation player, certainly here in the short term, and $35 million in luxury tax savings this season. I think to unwind the whole thing created another set of problems for the Warriors. I think there was a lot of frustration, some anger uh, about the process on Thursday when the trade was agreed to. and. The Warriors had time until Sunday night at 9.30 to make a final decision. Uh, I just don't think they were in a rush uh, to formalize the deal without A, thinking it through, and B, think just lodging their uh, uh, discontent with the league uh, about the situation. So now that Gary Payton is officially with the Warriors, do we know a timeline for when we could possibly see him on the court? Bob Myers, the Warriors president, said today that they'll reevaluate him in a month and that they're hopeful you know, he's back before uh, the playoffs. But this is a player who had offseason surgery, missed 35 games uh, this season uh, before uh, getting into the lineup in Portland. So you know, there's always risk when you trade for a player you know, who's had an injury um, that has lingered through a season. So let's stick in the West here, Woj. Russell Westbrook, he, he's now essentially been traded four times in the last four years. What's the latest on his future? 
Malika, Russell Westbrook's going to take his time, at least I think through this week, through the start of the All-Star break. Uh, I think to continue talking with the Jazz about what it might look like there and getting a sense of what might be available to him in the buyout market if he does uh, work out a deal with the Jazz to move on. Uh, listen, I think teams like the Bulls, uh, even the Clippers, uh, Miami, I think they're evaluating you know, who's out there, um, what the roles might be. And I just think that's communicated. And I think for Russell Westbrook, I think it's important for him to, if, wherever he plays this year, you know, that it's a role where he can feel like uh, he's able um, to maximize. And I think what the Jazz have told him is, we welcome you in here, but we are prioritizing our young core. We're going to focus on playing our young players, so we can't give you uh, any sort of a guarantee on minutes or role. And I know Russell Westbrook appreciated their candor uh, about that. And so he's got some time here to evaluate it. And I think other teams are evaluating um, you know, who, who potentially could still get in the buyout market. Remember, as long as you are bought out by your current team by March 1st, you are eligible uh, for uh, a postseason roster. And because we have the trade or the all-star break coming up here in just a few days, um, it's not as though teams are going to miss out on any of these players playing games. Uh, I think this break in time allows everyone to take this slow here, mm -hmm. and maybe some of those deals get done during the break, and then players come on once uh, that uh, all-star break's over. Woj, thank you so very much. Our next ESPN doubleheader, it is Wednesday. Cavs versus the 76ers at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Pelicans and the Lakers. NBA Countdown gets it all started at 7 o'clock Eastern. Oh, yes. It is that time. We are headed to the upper room, baby. Do not miss Vince Carter's selection on what he considers the Vince best show. Vince Carter with his first shot. <sighs> Never seen two guys wow. in a contest no. electrify the building. Zach Levine, your competition, people. I've been set this since 2000. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. Man, they got to be a tie, man. Bring two of those trophies out, man. Good night, you yeah. I think he just went yeah. back to him. It came down to it, man. This is this is ridiculous. We've never seen anything like that. Oh my gosh. I mean, can you believe that that legendary dunk, dunk contest, it was already seven years ago to the day? And with it being the start of All-Star Week, we thought it was only right for the half man, half amazing himself to take us somewhere very special. Vince Carter, where are we going, my friend? To the upper room, baby. Yes, dunk sir. Dunk contest edition. Dunk contest edition. But Vince, first, we have to throw it back a little bit to 2000 when you, sir, had arguably the most dominant dunk contest performance ever. It was in my hometown, Oakland, in the Coliseum. Uh, Vince, take us back to that special day, please. Oh, man, I don't know where to start, man. I just I just look at these dunks, and I remember the night, uh, you know, late getting there for warm-ups. So I miss warm-ups and just the 
routine that I wanted to do, uh, I changed right then and I was like, it's not good enough. The atmosphere was electric and fortunate for me that the, the dunks that I chose to do and came up with that night worked out and we're having this conversation about it instead of being on the other end <laughs> of that. <laughs> well, it, I'd say it worked out pretty well for you. You made us promise yes. that we wouldn't put any of your own dunks for you to have to judge. So, so we tried, um, but you said no. So we took all of your dunks out. So here are our favorite dunk of all time in the dunk contest. Just a reminder. This is how it works. We will humbly give forth to you our nominees, and you get to decide one and only one for bottle service in the upper room, baby. Chanae, let's get it started with the dunk contest edition. Okay, so this is a fusion that has levels to this. The greatest dunk contest ever between Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. This was the winning dunk right here from the free throw line between the legs. A little homage to our guy MJ, who did it, I believe, in 1987. Woo! This is the perfect dunk, Vince. Don't let me down because this was the craziest contest and this was respecting the past but putting a flavor of the present on it. So I present to you, Zach Levine. And Shanae, real quick, he added two dunks. He put MJ's iconic dunk and my between the legs dunk together. So, ooh. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. But then, Mark Spears, <laughs> who you got? What yeah, you got, Mark? I knew it. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, San Jose's finest, the most complicated and difficult dunk in the history of the NBA. Yup. Check this out. He's spinning on a hoverboard, and he scoops it and does a 180. There's never. <laughs> look at that little boy's reaction. There's never been a dunk more difficult than this, and he had a prop, and he had this monster. Like so many things could have go wrong. Vince, you know this is difficult. Could you have done no, this? This is a fact. And, and the, uh, could I? I don't know. It's all about timing. Yeah. And the one thing that's most impressive about that Spears is that he was able to take the ball off with one hand and get to a cup. That's what I was most impressed about. Yes, timing and everything else, but he was able to cup it real quick. Is that's tough to do? No mm. second tries, one try. Yeah, and that that was impressive. Impressive, Tristan. Can you top that? I can top that. Vince, I, th I think uh, all those dunks are nice. They look good. But I think I got something special that uh, takes the cupcake. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Jell Green, baby. Wait. Jell Green with the cupcake. With so the you, know what's, you know what's crazy about this? Look at the degree of difficulty. Like, yeah. No, yeah that's. That's 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 what's so tough. But like I was like, wait, what? What? I was I remember watching this. I watched this one on replay actually, yeah. and I was like, wait, what? What is he doing here? The cupcake and doesn't then, fall and then all over. Of a sudden, it doesn't like the come on now. View, the cake cu cupcake doesn't fall over. Mm, but but here's that, the thing. You gotta get up pretty high for that. Here's the thing, Tristan. You do you think you could recreate it? Can we recreate it? Recreate it. Recreate it. Recreate it. 2023. Got something for you. Okay. Come on, Vince. In the suit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is, is it still lit up? Is there a cupcake I mean, up there? Wait, Tristan. Yeah. yeah. Come on now. Well, Lee Kennedy. Lee and Lee, come on now. Where's the well, credit? That, that shows so you it wasn't that hard. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. I don't think you blew that oh, out. You blew it out, guys. Oh, yeah. I blew it out. I blew it out. 
I can't tell you that he blew it out the first time. Okay. But I can tell you that on that one, he blew it out. Yeah. Yeah. He did. That's what? Can you talk about that? What? We're gonna go all the way back to 1997. With Kobe with hair. Okay. I was Look at Kobe. Now, Allen Iverson was maybe going to be in this. You know who was also in this dunk contest? Darvin Ham. Back when they called him Duncan Darvin. Darvin now he's the head coach right. of the Lakers. Oh, yes. and that flex. I love it. I got to say. <laughs> nice flex. I, I got <laughs> it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, I got to say, <laughs> usually I'm the that one that has lots of levels, but I was just working on my bounce pass today. So we're going to represent Oakland. Jay Rich. Hey. Let's do it. This you remember oh, this? Yeah. Come on now. This, this is the Vintage Golden State Warriors. Jay they made Rich. sure the shorts were Between tied up tight. <laughs> oh! That was amazing. And he said, I already hey, but know. Malika, do you know why? Do I know why? Do you know why he, he tied his pants? He didn't want the sack <laughs> so he can get his, uh, his, his hands, oh, the ball between his legs. Had to make True sure. It, there's details. Attention Look to at, detail. That's great. So that's cute. You yeah. have all of the dunks to consider, Vince Carter, including Tristan's own okay. rendition. Vince, I looked up to you as a kid. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Flattery doesn't work here, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's levels to this. You say. Come on, Vince. And when I look at. Come on, Vince. There's levels to this, and when I look at dunks, I look at these, and like, there's tough ones. There's things that you can't do. So I think of Aaron Gordon. A lot of these guys, you know, couldn't do it. A lot of people can't do that. Mm -hmm. But it's All Star Weekend, and I'm having free bottle service all weekend in the upper room. Zach Levine, yes. welcome to the upper room, my friend. <laughs> and here's why. And I know Spears. Spears, I know you're over there. Like, so wait, Aaron what? Gordon you just, just said it's difficult. I know it. Times I know. Is being, being I know. Like having but to listen, relive I know it, and I know that, and I, I love Aaron Gordon to death. But listen to me. Not many it's people fine. are able to do between the legs it's from the free throw line. Vince, you are the best. best. What else do you want from me, Vince? You are the I best. Mean, I'm still the all-time leader, so I'm okay my with this. Sinead, I'm coming for you, NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Spears, yeah. you my guy, too. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. One quick news note before we send it over to NFL Live. LeBron James has officially been downgraded to out tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. We have not seen him in action since he broke the NBA's all-time scoring record. That is going to do it for us. Do we got any more of those cupcakes? We got some more. Okay, good. Yeah. Sending it over to NFL. He'll scramble. He's at the 35, but he's ankle tackled there at the 36. And he's hurt. Mahomes is hurt. I kind of rolled it a little bit. It didn't feel good, but I was going to leave it all out there. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. Touchdown! I told y'all at the beginning of the week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't let the moment overtake you. The Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the nation.